Why are so many of our friends calling us? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. Brandon, that is an awesome question, man. I, I've been wondering that myself. Uh, before we jump into that, we're going to get a review here. Thank you for your reviews, by the way. We've got several new ones this week, and we appreciate those. It's good feedback for us, and it's a good way to help us reach other people who might also get the message. Uh, this one comes from Smiley. It says, so helpful. This podcast has been so helpful to me. Brandon and Tyler have gone over multiple topics and questions that I've had in my life and my marriage. Thank you both for sharing this knowledge from a Christ-centered point of view. Thank you both. Thank you. Um, Awesome review. Yeah, we appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Left it over on iTunes. That's the best place to leave us reviews. So we were so happy to see this review over there. So you guys, please, uh, please leave us some more. So, um, all right, Tyler. So I've been remodeling my, so I bought my neighbor's house. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a gut job and, uh, but it's been an awesome experience. And one of the best parts of the experience of the remodel has been that I've had people come out of the woodworks, people that love me, people that support me, friends of mine. In fact, I have a really good friend flying in from Alaska, um, this weekend to help me lay floors for a few days. Just, just, it just makes me so grateful. I had another good friend who's a heating and air guy put in some air conditioners for me and just, just hooked me up with the best deal. And, um, I had another friend just come help do some carpentry work. It's, it, I'm so grateful for people Yeah, and good friends, good people. Uh, friends are coming out of the woodwork. It means a lot to have good friends. Yeah. Um, but friends are coming out of the woodwork, uh, in another way as well. <laughs> and, and we were just talking about this, Yeah. And, you know, where we're both therapists and we both deal with really difficult things. Yeah. And so many of our friends are calling us and saying, help. Um, I'm suffering. I'm struggling. Life isn't working. My marriage is falling apart. It's unbelievable to me, Brandon. I mean, we've been doing this for, you know, 15 plus years and we've always had, at least I have, I've always had a few people once in a while reach out and ask a question or two. Um, but it's been different in the last, even the last year or two where it's, like people that even I, as my like really good friends wouldn't have ever expected them to want to come and ask me questions are now coming out and they're big questions. They're hard issues. There's a lot of pain. And a lot of the people who are close to us, there's a lot of pain in their lives. And we were just kind of talking this morning going, what, what is that? Like, what's that all about? Yeah. There's been an increase for me, even in the last six months of people reaching out to me, uh, looking for help. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. We, I, in fact, I'm very grateful oh, that yeah. they're comfortable calling me and and wanting to seek that advice and that help. Um, but there is there. I guess the question that we really want to explore is um, w- what's going on. Yeah. What, you know why why the suffering? Why the struggle? Um, and I think one thing, Tyler, is for one, it's it's the nature of life. 
Yeah, we're going to struggle. We're built for it. We're built for struggle. Um, and, and at what point do you seek help from a friend or a therapist or whatever, right? Um, so I think it's the nature of life. But I also think there's a lot of other things going on uh, that, that are driving people more toward, um, toward needing help. And asking for help. Yeah. So I'm watching certain businesses blow up. I listen to other podcasts and they're always promoting these online therapy practices. There are these like massive conglomerate businesses now. Yeah. And I think it's a a culmination of two things. One, people are more open to therapy now and it's a more acceptable thing. It's becoming mainstream. Which is awesome, I, I think. Yeah. And two, people are struggling big time. Um. I was listening to, to Jordan Peterson on a podcast this morning and, and he said, you know, if you torture an animal long enough, eventually it lashes out and it feels like there's a lashing out um, here, here, you know, we're, we're in our forties. Yeah. And a lot of our friends are getting up to their forties midlife crisis in time. their mid thirties, forties. <laughs> and it's like WTF. What like, is this life really? Yeah. I'm miserable. I'm, I, you know, things aren't going the way I want them to go. They're not the way I planned. Not, my marriage is not anything like I wanted it to be. And major problems start to, to happen. Addictions start to, to, to really get bad. Um, mar- marital problems start to um, become worse. You start to feel a little bit hopeless about your goals and dreams in life and realizing that maybe life isn't exactly what you thought it would be when you're 20 years old. Yeah. So you got this, this picture perfect idea of life. And then you start to almost realize that that ain't happening. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, what's interesting, Tyler, even people on the outside that you, that it looks like it's picture perfect. They have a lot of money, they're married, they have kids. Um, they go to church every Sunday. It looks like they got it all. This is, this is what it's all about. Inside of them, there's this internal... There's something missing. Void. Yeah. This struggle, this lack that they're just not happy. Yeah. I, and I, I, I sit and I wonder about that. And I do think it's, well, maybe there's midlife crisis, but what's a midlife crisis? Midlife crisis is really where I come to this point in my life where I say, wow, what have I done with myself? And, you know, I was talking with a friend just a couple of weeks ago and he was saying, he's in this position you're talking about exactly. He's doing well financially. He's got a rock solid family and he's sitting there telling me how empty his life feels and how he doesn't know if he has any purpose or meaning. And then he's telling me that he thought he was going to have this much money in his savings account instead of what he currently has, which is still substantial. And it's not enough. It's never enough. And, and uh, I wonder if like, it's part of, it's part of the world we live in to get sucked into this, like, pursuit of happiness yes you know this idea that if once i arrive somewhere i'm supposed to be happy and and we're getting to a point in our life i think with a lot of our friends because we're all the same age where people are starting to say i'm kind of catching the top of the mountains that i was trying to climb and life still feels hollow and shallow and i'm struggling in my marriage and i feel like i'm not meeting a purpose and um and I think that's part of it. Well, I not only part of it, I think you're hitting on one of the, one of the major reasons why. Um, when I talk about an animal being, being tortured, 
Um, the, the torture looks something like this. It's constantly feeling like life isn't enough, like there isn't purpose, um, like you're not seen, loved, valued, um, and connected to. And, and when you live a life like that, you eventually start to, to wonder what's the point. And I want to come back to what you said, Tyler, because we are conditioned in our culture and taught about this pursuit of happiness. And to me, it's a huge setup. It's a massive setup. Um, You know, you you think about from the moment you're born as a little kid, you you start to watch Disney shows um, where, you know, eventually you're supposed to end up with the castle on the hill with Prince Charming. Um, Or we're also taught you know, go to school. And once you, once you graduate, then you'll be happy. Then you'll have a job. Once you have a job that makes a certain amount of money, then you'll be happy. Once you find your, your, your partner and your spouse, they'll bring all the happiness into your life. Then you'll be happy, but wait, now you need kids. So then you got to get the kids. Then you'll be happy. Once you get the kids, now you've got to raise them and they got to be happy and they got to be good. Then you'll be happy, right? And maybe it is when you get grandkids that true happiness comes. I do believe that. But, but the whole point is like we're constantly in this state of seeking for okayness, of trying to feel like I'm going to earn it. I'm going to get it. And, and I, I believe that we need a, a bit of a paradigm shift. Um, away from this pursuit and more into radical acceptance and gratitude for the present. Amen, brother. I, um, I, I'm sitting here think, listening to you talk and saying, I agree with you with everything you just said. I'm thinking about some of the people who have called me recently with all sorts of different problems. They've, some of them have financial problems. Many of them have marriage issues. Uh, a lot of them have those addiction issues you're talking about and a lot of other things are going on problems with their kids and things too. So what you just said is how do you help somebody in a paradigm with the paradigm shift you're talking about to go from this idea of when I get this, when our marriage does this, or when I make this much money, how do you, how do you help somebody actually make this shift into you said gratitude and, and you also said something called radical acceptance I'm, when you're saying that, you're saying basically getting to being okay with living life on its terms and realizing that there can be happiness found even in the midst of all of these terrible things that are going on in your life. How do you help with that shift? So you, Tyler, you did an episode on this by yourself about surrender. And um, in, in, in one of my groups that I run, I, I put up two pictures. And one is a picture of a guy with a really heavy pack on climbing up a mountain. And he just looks like his back is hurting him. Um, the other picture is of a hot air balloon just floating up in the air. And, you know, I ask, I ask the people, who, who would you rather be? Floating in the hot air? And every, every time, while. yeah. Yet that guy climbing the mountain, that we're, we're much more like, like him. Um, whereas when we start to soar, we start to float, you have to let go. And, and, and uh, you let go of the things that are holding you back and holding you down. Um, yet we still stay stuck in that, in that place of carrying that huge load up to the mountaintop. I, to answer your question, Tyler, there is, a, there is an answer to this. 
And it's all about surrender. It's all about figuring out how to embrace the groundlessness of your life and your situation, um, practice real faith um, and real letting go and letting God. And as life comes at you, life's not gonna, gonna be what you think it should be. Life's gonna be, it's gonna be what it is. But as, as, it, as it comes, you, you can start to learn how to accept it as it comes and let it flow and see the it's, it's growth mindset. That's what is, it is, is what we're talking about versus fixed mindset. And that fixed mindset is what is getting so many of our friends in trouble. They're getting to this place in their life where it's like, it should have been, it should have been right. It should have been exactly. It's that idea of moving into a growth mindset instead of that fixed mindset, that practice of I love what you said, because I think that's where we often cause ourselves a lot more suffering is when we are unable to accept that the life we're living by God's design was meant to be changing. It was meant to be full of struggle with thorns and thistles and all sorts of other things in order for us to benefit by being able to grow. And every one of those, every one of those things that our friends are bringing to us are packaged up they're packaged up in pain, but they're opportunities for growth. And, and when we can start to shift that way, that's why that practice of gratitude becomes so important is because I can move into a space of gratitude and say, okay, this sucks, but I'm grateful because it's going to be teaching me something or allowing me to, to grow in some way. What is the opportunity in this? And if I can, if I can embrace that, then I suffer less, even though I'm going through hard things. Um, but the other, the other thought that I'm having, Brandon, along this subject is, is that maybe maybe even if we were in a place of acceptance that life is full of change that way, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the reasons why we're getting these calls from our friends is because we need to also recalibrate what, what actually provides happiness. Okay. You know, like um, we, we, we are so geared towards being sold this idea that we're constant consumers in everything whether it's buying something or in relationships, it's a consumer mindset that I go into a relationship so somebody else can meet my needs or make me happy. Uh, we go to these jobs that in many people listening to this right now, I, I imagine we'd ask the question to our audience, hey, are you, in the, are you in the job you were designed to be in? They'd be like going like, you mean my cubicle right here? That's just like, this sucks. No, I don't want to. It's like, well, why'd you do it? Well, because it was going to pay good or because that's what you do. You go, you go plug in the nine to five and, and somehow you're going to make enough money and that's going to make you happy. When in reality, what some of the things that bring true happiness are, are being able to tap into an understanding deeply of who we are and then using our gifts in some way really to benefit mankind. Uh, yeah. I just think you're, I mean, you're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is why, live your life to just live and breathe and survive and die. Um, and, and, and I think one of the biggest causes of, of suffering is comfort is, is security is if I have a job that pays the bills, although I hate it, it's, it's depressing me physically. I'm unhealthy spiritually. I'm unhealthy. I don't feel fed. I don't feel, but, but you know what? It pays the bills. Look what you're sacrificing. And, and eventually you're going you're gonna to get to a point where your suffering is so bad that, that something's got to give. Um, and so I think what you're talking about, Tyler, is 
actually taking a look at your life and saying, am I waking up and, and knowing what God wants me to, to do today? Um, am, am I living in alignment and in purpose? Because if I am, then I'm going to feel empowered. I'm going to feel alive. And, and like, I know Tyler, your work is extremely hard. Like there's stress, there's difficult issues with people all the time, yet you can deal with the hard. You can step into the hard, there's stress, there's all these things. But if you feel like that's where you're supposed to be, you're going to do it. You're going to, you're going to enjoy it, even though it's hard. Exactly. Right. As you're talking, I was just thinking about, and I know you're in the same line of work as me, so you're we're reaching the crowd right now, but like just thinking about my own career and, you know, there've been times in my career, especially early on where, you know, they, they say that a substance addiction counselor's career, the average of a, of a substance addiction counselor's career lasts less than two years Yeah, because they just burn themselves out. And I think what happens is, is that, you know, and I've been in this space before you come in you show up, you do the nine to five, you sit in your sessions and you do your job and you get through the motions and you feel empty and hollow and used by the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've been there before and feeling like this sense of duty that I have to do it because that's the only way I'm going to be able to provide for my family. And I show up always in a state of fear because if I don't do it, then am I going to pay my bills and all that stuff? And a shift, you know, has started to happen over the course of my career where I realized, and this, you're exactly right. I've had some experiences through trials with God where I've come to actually firmly believe that what I do for a living is exactly what God wants me to do in the process of serving him and helping mankind. And now when I come to work most days, when I'm in that frame of mind, it's a different energy yeah right i'm able to come and say i'm doing that i'm meeting the same people i'm dealing with the same problems but i'm waking up in the morning and going this is going to be really hard and yeah i'm this is what i was built for this is what i was designed for i'm gonna make, i'm gonna do some good in this world um it's like that old story that you hear in all sorts of like presentations and talks where there's three stone cutters you remember the stone cutter story mm-hmm. and the one guy walks by and asks the first stone cutter what are you doing and he says hey i'm working for 10 bucks an hour and this the second stone cutter says you know what, I'm, I'm providing for my family and I'm able to kind of meet my bills. And the third stone cutter lifts his head with a big smile on his face and says, I'm, I'm building a cathedral or I'm building a temple. Yeah, I love it. And uh, he understands who he is in God's eyes. Right. And what, and what he has to offer to humanity as a result. And he's able to then go and have an attitude that allows him to enjoy the moment that he's living. In. Yes. I, you know, shout out to uh, my buddy. I don't even know his name um, at Jersey Mike's that makes my sandwiches on, on Tuesdays when I go there, <laughs> the dude loves his job. Like he, sh- he just loves what he's doing. He brings a smile to my face. He just like, he talks to me about like every best piece of meat that he's cutting for me. And like, um, like he ta- he has passion and pride in his work. You know what, what he's doing is, is he, he really is serving me and serving people. Um, I think if I can take this a, a little bit deeper, Tyler, uh, there's, there's two that there's a theory that there's, there's two energies only. And what, what it is, is love and fear. And that's all that there is. And D- David Hawkins talks about this in, in a book called power versus force. When, when you are in the energy of fear, you're acting from a place of force. So when you're acting from that place of force, you're trying to control things. 
So you're not in that state of surrender. Um, you're not in that state of, of acceptance with God. You're actually in a state, I believe it's Satan working on you th- through, through fear, like control and fear, control and fear. And the more you live your life in that control and that fear, uh, the more you're going to want to escape this life. Now, the other side of it is love. Now, when, when you're in the energy of love, you actually are acting from a place of power. God hath not given you the spirit of fear. So you are now in your power. As you step into your power, you feel more empowered. You also feel more connection to God, to others, to yourself. Now, now I could, I, I really like your example, Tyler, because I could be doing the exact same thing. I could be going to work every day, for example, or I could be, be like in my marriage. And in my marriage, I could, my actions could be the same. But my energy, my heart, my intention could be either fear and force or love and power. The way to get out of the fear and forceful place into the powerful place where you, where you have love. Do you, do you know how to do it, Tyler? Do you know what it is? Well, one of the words that's coming to mind as you're talking, and it's the paradox of what we, we've just been saying is to surrender control. Yes. I, I love what you just said. So here's another word for it. Um, to surrender control, you practice courage. You, you practice vulnerability. So with, without stepping into the fear and facing it, practicing that vulnerability, then you're going to stay stuck in the fear. But if you're willing to say, I don't know the outcome and I'm not going to be in control anymore, now you can be in that place of love. So if God says, hey, I'm supposed to be the best lawnmower guy ever, and, and, and I feel empowered or whatever. And I'm thinking, how do I, how do I provide for my family? What do I do? I need to go be a lawnmower man. Right. And I need, I need to know that God's going to provide that that's going to happen, that that feels right. That, because I, I don't have control. God does now. And I have that answer. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's tie that same principle to a marriage now that seems stressed and failing. And most of us in our marriages are so this fear versus love idea. We're so afraid of being left or abandoned or of losing that we never get a chance to step in with courage and to speak the truth of our own hearts, uh, knowing that that might, what happens if I speak the truth of my own heart and my partner leaves me? Exactly. That very, I've seen it happen a bunch. Right. Right. But the people who do that, Tyler, if the partner leaves and they end up divorced, they're so much happier. They're better off. They're so much freer because they acted in love for themselves, for their partner, they, um, by being boundaried and speaking their They truths. gave their partner an opportunity to make their own choices based off of the truth instead of living this slow death of a relationship because neither person is willing to be authentic. Because they're in fear. Because they're afraid yeah. of losing the other person, even though they're not even in contact with the real person. Yes. Now, the same thing applies to addiction, Tyler. <laughs> Is the and, and you and I see it. The at the addicts who we see get better are the ones who work a step one, two, and three. The the ones the ones who turn their will over to God. Um, the ones who start to open up their arms and live in the, the light, right? So so they're the ones that say, you know what? I've 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 manipulated and I've hid and I've lied to all those around me. Not anymore. Now I'm going to talk openly about my struggles. I'm going to talk about my relapses. I'm going to be in alignment with God. I'm going to, it, because I know God loves me. That's what's going to happen. And I don't know the outcome, 
People might judge me. People might hate me. My spouse might leave me, but I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be open and I'm going to be me. And so there's that, do you see that surrender, yep. that courage piece mm-hmm. that then brings the freedom um, because now they're in honesty and with themselves. And it allows us to then let reality happen, whichever way it's going to happen. Yes. Yes. And we, ha- and we can fall back with faith on the understanding that we've done the right thing because we know where we've got our marching orders from, which is in essence from God. Yeah. So basically we're taking this deep, but the, the fear and control lead to all kinds of things, uh, marital problems, addictions, peace comes through faith and surrender. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. I think it's that simple, you know, and I just maybe we'll have to wrap this up a little bit, but one more thought is, is that maybe with the crazy world we've been living in with everything around us, the natural disasters and COVID and the political freaking fiasco that's going on in our world right now, all that is designed to fuel fear. And maybe that's why we've got so many friends coming out of the word work right now too. But the answer still remains the same, which is how do I ground myself back into a place of faith and then live in faith and act in courage? And when we do that, we can have hope. And I think hope is what's been missing in our world. And hope is one of the most powerful things that we can access in our lives. Yep. There's this really cool thing that happens, Tyler, which is it kind of happened with me with with COVID until you got it and almost died. Um, (laughs) But it was like, man, the world's falling apart. Like what's happening? The economy's crashing. And, and, and I remember thinking, this is, this is interesting. There's a lot to learn here. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. I, for a while there, when everything was shut down, I loved, I loved how there was no traffic. Um, I, I loved learning how to work online more. Uh, it really helped me grow and develop things. And I mean, I connected to my kids in new ways because they were home all the time. Um, and so like, it, it was awesome. And um, an, another example of this is, is the, the people that we work with who have struggled with betrayal trauma, um, with addiction, who can say that, I mean, that really has been awesome. Yeah. It's been amazing. And God, God put that into my life for a reason. And I can look, I can look at that experience and, and, and really have sincere gratitude for the growth that I've experienced as a result, as a result. And, and all of us, all of us will experience things like that in our life. And it depends on whether we want to accept it with faith or fight it with fear. And, and, and it's that simple. That's awesome, Brandon. Well, should we wrap this one up? Let's do it. All right. And and friends, if you're listening, keep calling. We love you calling. We love you. We're here to help. So don't be shy. 